0: John paid me to tell you that today's episode is part one of two. All right, thanks. Is that all? Yeah, that's it.
1: Hey, guys, just wanted to say thank you for listening to Talk Murder to Me. Today is our 300th episode. And while we thought about doing a super big and crazy story for our 300th, we decided to just do what we do best. A few brutal murders that he goes into a ton of detail that are super gruesome. A few songs here and there, and of course, some drinks to wash it down. Cheers to the next 300.
0: Welcome to Talk Murder Me. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. Tonight, we're talking about a serial killer. Haven't done a serial killer story in a while. This is one that you've never heard of. I'm sure no other true crime podcast has covered this. All right, tonight we're talking about Serial Killer, the South Louisiana Serial Killer. I'm going to take you all to South Louisiana.
2: Oh, I want to go. Is that near New Orleans?
0: There is a documentary that Nicole and I watched the other day called Closed for Storm. It's about the
1: Jazzland.
0: Jazzland, which is Six Flags Park,
1: became a Six Flags park destroyed in the heart in the heart. What hurricane was it Andrew? Katrina. Katrina? Katrina. oh cuz Katrina. And uh yeah, never opened back up and is still there to this day like kind of a haunted wasteland. Of like a an theme abandoned
2: park. Am- abandoned yes. theme park. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah. Really creepy looking. It is Jazzland?
2: Really yes. Can ja- we go? No. Well there's Why? probably
0: a ton well I know there's a ton of uh like ghosts a squ- go maybe uh, squatters and Oh, you know, whatever. I mean, drug addicts and stuff, you know what I'm saying? All not over the Some Someplace
1: I really oh. want to go venture.
2: Yeah. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. That was weird. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like slow mo. It was slow and then it was not. Dears, Dears this one's for Ooh, Wolfie. Is this Sydney a lemonade and shot? It looks. Mm, that was fine. Yeah, it's not bad. More of a limeade shot. That was Deep Eddie's Lime. Hmm. I liked that. Um, you know what? Have you got Did I... Yeah, you guys tried the, um, the Firefly Lemonade, right? Yeah. Mm. Firefly what? Lemonade. So good.
0: My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. This is the Talk More To Me podcast. Tonight, we're talking about a South Louisiana serial killer. That's actually his moniker, the South Louisiana serial killer. Hmm so relatively unknown story no one knows how many women he's killed but at least 17 Mm. convicted of five we're actually starting on january fourteenth, 2002 and we're going to addis west baton rouge parish anybody Mm -hmm. been there
2: Mm -mm. No, I've never Never been been to Louisiana, but I want to go. It is on my bucket list. I would like to go during Mardi Gras, but I heard that's a really bad time to go, but I still want to go.
0: I would never go to Louisiana. I know that
2: Baton Rouge is not the same as New Orleans either. (laughs) Same. Not the same. I know that. Just to clarify.
0: Louisiana is not entirely poverty stricken, but a large percentage is. I don't know if you all notice this case specifically really opened my eyes to it because when the police enforcement, the police officers get shit for not doing DNA tests and and stuff like this and a serial killer is running loose and Amari feeling that shot, then you look into it and realize that they don't even have the funding to buy bullets for their, their firearms, oh then you know that. It's in some dire straits. Mm, like the in, band. In Louisiana. Not, Not all of Louisiana, but I'm telling you, there are some very poverty stricken places. In, in every, obviously, state. But Louisiana, especially after Katrina and stuff like that. Louis, and we watched that documentary, Close for mm-hmm. Storm. There are, some, there are some people living bel- way below the the poverty level here. I should say. But in, 2002, in America here. Two
2: thousand two was before Katrina, to be clear. Yes. Katrina
1: was in two thousand and
2: five. Oh. We were in high school. Yeah.
0: you we were in high school? I'm robbing the crades.
2: But We were in high school. Um I think I'm it was oh eight. Oh to... 08, maybe. Oh yes, you're correct. I was I was thinking of the wrong mm. homeroom in high school that I was thinking about it.
0: Do you know what is actually great about Louisiana? Hmm. The crawfish, like 100% amazing about Louisiana. Beignets. The reason I would love going to Louisiana Beignets. is because Sookie Stackhouse lives there.
2: Oh. Oh. We never finished that,
0: and Jason. So We
2: only watched like three episodes together. <laughs> I think it was four. Jason
0: uh, fucking rip Jason. I love
2: maybe we should watch that. It'll motivate uh, us all to get in shape, yeah. But also, <laughs> no, it won't. I'll just be sad about myself.
0: Tonight, we're going to January 14th, 2002. We're going to Addis, West Baton Rouge Parish. Now, this is relatively close to uh, Louisiana.
2: It University. is a Louisiana. I,
0: I know. I was going to say <laughs> this is relatively close to Louisiana University.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Gerilyn Bardesoto right here. If you want to describe her.
1: a uh, White female with. Medium brown hair, shoulder, like just past shoulder length. Almost looks like, like a camp counselor type feel to our wholesome.
0: Gerilyn de Soto, 21 years old. Like I said tonight, we're going to January 14, 2002. West Baton Rouge Parish. Every one of these crimes, especially the two that I'm going to start out with. Terrific. Ooh. Completely horrific. We're starting January fourteenth, 2002. We're talking about Gerilyn Barr DeSoto, 21 years old, LSU Physical Therapy School.
2: Oh, okay.
0: 21 years old. You see her right there, and I'll put her photo on talkmore.com. She's young. She. It looks like she's wearing the camp counselor shorts, mm-hmm. kind of. DeSoto, as you see, 21 years old, very young. You don't see this in the photo, but she's unhappy in her marriage. 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 Yeah, she's already married. 21 yeah,
2: twenty-one. Oof. When I was younger, I used to think I wanted to be married by the time I was 25. But now after hitting the 30 mark, I'm glad I am not.
0: January 14th, 2002, 1150 a.m. What can happen in an apartment building at 1150
2: a.m.? Almost anything. It was almost lunchtime.
0: No, it well for her. It it was lunchtime, eleven fifty a.m. I'm going to go through this rather quickly and fiercely. Exactly how the killer went through it when he walked into her home. She actually had just picked up lunch, and she gets a knock at the door. Now this is an apartment building. There's, I mean, there's units all over. I mean, there's units beside her, above her, below her. I mean, this is an apartment complex. This is the middle of the day. She gets a knock at the door, 11.50 a.m. A nice-looking black gentleman presents himself, and he says, Hey, you know, I hate to do this to you. Is there any way I can use your phone? I need to, I need to call my work.
2: So a stranger shows up at her house.
0: A stranger shows up at the apartment. At Eleven fifty a.m. I need, you know, just I need to use your phone. I got to call my work. You know, I couldn't make it in today. There, I don't want to get reprimanded. Reprimanded for being late. Just let me call him. I work at Exxon.
2: The gas I, station?
0: No, no, Exxon. The, the guy, the killer, is he works in the oil industry.
2: But okay.
0: I need to call my work. Please. If not, it's fine. I can leave. She's, I mean, her husband's not home at this time, so, you know, she doesn't see anything wrong with it. Plus, it's 2002. We have cordless phones now. Okay. Yeah. Hold on a second. Just wait here. Let me get the cordless phone. I'll come back out, and you can place your call. Okay. The call does go through to Exxon, where this gentleman said he was going to call however no one picks up at the company and he takes a look at the phone i mean just imagine yourself you get a cordless phone it's like one of those two thousand and two thousand phones like the freaking you know the white ones exactly that you can't go too far He's like, shit, okay. He looks down. He puts the phone down by his waist. He looks at the screen, and there's a a second there where there's a thought process going on, and it's just completely silent. And she's And it's completely silent. She's actually standing with him, waiting to receive the phone back. He presses the end button at the phone. And the reason I'm going is so... Minute detail about this is because it it all changes.
2: What changes the change?
0: The change is extremely quick. And at first, the knock at the door this gentleman with kind eyes, this African American gentleman, big smile, very nice, very yes, you know, yes, ma'am, I'm so sorry to do this, very kind. Within less than a millisecond, everything is completely changed. He is holding the phone in his hand. He says, Okay, here you go. Here's the phone no one picked up. And I don't know if De Soto saw the eyes of him change, but I know she did after he enters the apartment. But he has the phone in his hand. At his waist. She goes to grab it. All of a sudden he pulls his arm back. And in a split second. He takes the end of the phone. You know the receiver. The little two metal clips. Mm -hmm. And he. I don't even know the right word for this. But he uses every. Inch of his 200 pounds. That he has. For whatever reason. Just out of nowhere. The force that he took the end of the phone, the bottom of the phone, hit her face with it, this 21-year-old, 100-something pounds, not expecting it, the force, the reason I'm trying to be so dramatic with it is because that one force of him taking the phone and slamming it into her face that one movement caused instant brain damage to the brain tissue
2: was it was it right here like in between the eyes yeah it
0: was right in between the eyes right in the center of her face Mm. it was out of nowhere that one movement right there caused intense brain damage directly to the brain tissue Now, the investigators try to put together what happened next, and all they can say was she put up a, quote, pretty rough fight, end quote. Mm. This 21-year-old falls back into the apartment. She crawls all the way to the bedroom. She knows her husband keeps a shotgun back there. Now, she's always grown up, like, being real scared of guns, but... She knows exactly where that shotgun is. Okay, okay, babe. This is when you tell your wife, okay, listen, this is here for one purpose only. All is a shotgun. So you would use a shotgun for home defense purposes for one reason. You don't have to be accurate. If the guy is facing north, you point north you're going to hit them because shotgun pellets, they spread out. You're going to hit whoever you're pointing at, even if you mispoint it and you point it over them or under them or freaking beside them or whatever. You're going to hit them. You're going to hit them with something. All you got to do is point them, close your eyes and pull the trigger. That's all you got to do. That's what a shotgun home defense is for. That's why this gun is here if you need it, when you need it. You take it, you pull the trigger, and that's it. So imagine the, the relief that she felt when she grabs that gun. And yeah, it's cold now because it's been under the bed, but oh my God, it's facing the right way. This guy is coming at me. Because she had just crawled all the way to the bedroom with this guy standing over. This random guy who was real nice a second ago standing over him. I got this gun. This is it. This is finally like, oh my God, what a relief. All she has to do now is pull the trigger. She squinted her eyes just like a novice gun owner would do. She closes her eyes, she points it in his general direction, and she pulls the trigger. Click! It's not loaded. Oh. So. Police found scrape marks on the ceiling. And the scrape marks were from the barrel of the gun, the shotgun, as this man was wrestling it away from her. He throws the gun on the bed, and as a last resort, I mean, this is the middle of the day, eleven fifty a.m. As a last, okay, maybe this will work. She bolts for the back door. It's a few feet away. The man pulls out a old timer charade knife. You've probably seen these. Your grandma, your grandpa probably has one of these. Everyone's grandpa has one of these.
2: Oh, yeah. I have one of those. (laughs) Jen. (laughs) I do. (laughs) It came with my utility tool.
0: You don't have one of these, Jen.
2: All right, fine. I don't have one of these.
0: So the man now confident, the gun's not loaded. He really literally dodged a bullet on that one. He pulls out this charade knife as you saw the photos I put on com, but you gotta take two hands to pull it out so he is just walking through and she's crawling trying to go anywhere trying to get out the back door and he's just pulling it out
2: it's making me think about like my home defense mechanisms
0: yeah you should
2: well I am like, should I have one of these knives in my nightstand or should like i did not have one...
0: something, dude?
2: Well, I'm not one for guns either. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, should I have a gun in my house for home defense? Like
0: you'd want to get a home defense shotgun. Just real simple. Literally, like I just said, pull the but make but, sure it's fucking. But I also load it trust... and fucking leave it. Load it and leave it. But I don't trust result.
2: myself with that. Like, I would what do you mean,
0: mean? You don't trust yourself.
2: I would need someone else to load it and hide it somewhere in my house. You load
0: it and put it under the bed and leave it and if need it if someone knocks on the door at night you take it with you
2: well i'll let you hide it in my house then because i don't want to know and
0: literally wanna... with those guns if someone runs in at you you don't even fucking aim you fucking point in general direction and you fucking pull the trigger the the, the pellets spread out and that guy Whoever he is, is going down.
2: Well, we'll talk. He may later. not
0: die, but he he will go down enough for you to fucking get out of there. A pink taser. I have Ooh, a,
2: a taser. I have a
0: pink rabbit. Is that the same thing? No. Oh, this man pulls out an old timer charade knife. She stabbed twice in the back, then once in the side. Then she actually turns over to fight back. And that's when she stabbed four times in the left breast. Now, she's pretty much dead, but not yet. She's still got some fight in her.
1: Ferociously, he raked the knife across her throat, slashing through skin and tissue and muscle through the jugular vein, through the thorax. Terrified, Gerilyn grabbed her throat in an effort to stem the blood in an effort to breathe as she fell to the floor dying.
0: He raked the knife across her throat. Through the jugular vein, and that's when the blood starts coming out, and that's when she knows it's over. This is a blood everywhere moment. Well, the husband's the first to find a body, and the husband's also the primary suspect for the next seven months, which was a complete waste of resources. But, you know, like I said earlier, they don't really have the best of things, you know, Mm -hmm. they couldn't even get DNA tests because she had DNA under them fingernails. Mm. If there is any type of fight a woman has, a, a, a woman is going to put up a a fight of her life. You guys are fucking strong and resilient. Unfortunately, men usually have those genetics of strength.
2: See, that's why I appreciate being the size of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I have <laughs> I'm tall. I'm strong. Like Jen,
0: you are a you are a great person. You're gonna find somebody is gonna you're gonna somebody's gonna come and they're going to thank God that they found well, such pr- a perfect person. I like appreciate
2: you. that, but that wasn't supposed to be a knock on my being able to find yeah. a partner that was just me sincerely mm. thanking the fact that i am a large human and like i am he strong can take and your, take yeah, care of yeah, i can take care of myself that's what i'm saying like i i'm tall <laughs> i'm strong you know like that's what i'm saying i'm not trying to knock myself down on that
0: i'm pretty pretty well built to 220 i'm 226 which is bigger than most men most men are like 180 most men are skinny as fuck. That's what my
2: dad wants to be, is 180. And anytime he goes over 180, he gets on this whole, like...
0: I mean, like, the s- size thing. fucking matters, dude. I don't care what you say. <laughs> no, I know size in your
2: penis. I, I know. He's not talk- I think you're talking, talking about something else. But my dad, Which- like... It does. Anytime he gets over it one does? eight, and he goes into this like diet spin It does.
0: You told me it didn't. You told me not to fucking it's the worry about it. Motion of the ocean. I told you I should it, order it in it fucking does. pills.
2: It does.
0: I'm ordering that
1: to the extent in which it doesn't. If you know what I mean.
2: No, I don't know what you. I mean. don't know what you like, mean.
1: It. Matters. Are we still talking about penises? Or are we
2: talking about? Strength? No, we're
1: talking about penis.
0: If I tickle your anus, does it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's not something I'm into. Um it it's like it it doesn't matter unless it matters. Doesn't matter unless it matters. It doesn't
0: matter meaning, unless it comes out of your meaning
1: throat. Meaning it it's fine unless you're like micropenis.
0: Bullshit. You
1: only
2: need three inches, they say. I don't know. Are you fucking kidding me, Jen? That's what they say.
0: Bullshit. That's all you mean. I got four inches to prove otherwise.
2: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? There are plenty of women out there who will who don't have a man, but are also like like what about lesbians? Like you don't need to have a penis to pleasure a woman. Yeah, but no. those
0: lesbians have strap-ons.
2: No. Not necessarily. You don't need that. You have fingers. Are they and scissors? You
0: have a scissors? Scissor. No, that's
2: not that's not mm, as mm, common mm, as mm, mm. you think. No. I don't think. Can
0: we? You gotta have insertion to orgasm. No, no you that don't. Is completely yes, you false. know you That's do. You have Can to- you
1: stop mansplaining the female body yeah, as we need one to of our friends this. said earlier? Like
2: This is in the Bible. Okay. Your Bible your golden okay. page Bible over there, let's find it. God damn it, Jen. We're not talking about this now in case my parents <sighs> have said that they wanna listen to an episode of Talk Murder to me. Um, this is the episode they picked, <laughs> to
0: listen. Oh man! Uh, okay, I gotta pee, but I'm just gonna do it in this bottle. Good for you. The police noticed a large Wolverine boot print. You know Wolverine,
2: like the boots. animal?
0: No, no, no. So Wolverine is it's not the company. I know it's some I know other the company. superhero. But no, it's the the big work boots.
2: Oh, like Timberlands. That's, that's what not what I was really. Picturing. Yeah, I mean that's not construction boots.
0: Uh, construction boots. Wolverine is a huge freaking company.
2: Didn't know. As I far only as knew boots. Wolverine, the the Marvel hero. But big big boots. They
0: found a boot print there, and this is this is going to really tell you what kind of guy we're dealing with. They figured out the medical examiner figured out that the body was well beyond death at this point. But there was a boot print found, and the medical examiner determined that this man, whoever he was that came in there, had actually stomped the dead body mm. before leaving. For whatever reason, there were you know the collapsing of the organs and stuff was from that boot, that uh, big Wolverine construction That's boot. That's
2: Terrible! It sounds like a control thing.
0: That was I'm trying to mm. tell you the m o so start thinking about it because it's 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 different. This is a different serial killer than we've talked about before. This is the m o is really hard to pin down. I don't think there is one.
2: You said he had as many as seventeen victims?
0: I believe a lot more because mm. those the majority of the victims happened in these years. The murder we're talking about now is in the the last year of killing. So this mm. was two thousand and two. He was arrested 2003, and that was it. But his first kill was 10 years prior, and then it kind of goes silent. And you're telling me he hadn't killed anyone 10 years? Yeah, I don't think so. So Unless he
1: was in prison, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
1: The- but it's interesting, I think, that automatically, like I'm thinking back to some of the details that you shared in the call... So they know from after the murder that the call that was placed actually did go through to ExxonMobil. So we do know that this person yeah. worked in the oil fields for sure. Exactly. Or not oil fields, but like in maybe in the Exxon. Exxon. So, so, yeah. so
0: what is that? That's a good point. So what is that? mean about the the killer is he just brazen or is he just stupid to call his because that was his ex work i mean
1: it's a it's a
2: huge employer you don't freaking so there's, know there's thou- tens of thousands of people that work for exxon yeah especially down by the bayou like in the in the what do they call it the uh yeah bayou. yeah but you yeah. don't just i know they call gulf, it the bayou but the gulf of mexico yeah
0: you don't just know the freaking exxon number
1: exactly so that would make me think automatically
2: he actually does work there.
0: There you go. And
2: he, Unless his work boots, you know, like...
1: So
0: what does that make him? Does that make him stupid? But, but, or? but
2: what if he said that he worked for Exxon and just dialed a random number on the but telephone? The, but, but, they're, but, but they're saying that the number actually did go through
1: at Exxon. Oh, right. But
0: because we know it's Exxon that he dialed, that's in the police report. Yeah. Because obviously... The girl didn't say it because she's dead. So right. how do we know that it's Exxon? It's because they had to look through the. They looked record. up
1: the number. So, so I think he would. I think it's not necessarily that he's stupid. I think that he was so fucking cocky mm. that he was going to get away with it. Right? Like, there's so, to, there's yeah. so many people that work at Exxon. Like, there's no way they're going to know it's me.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Mm. I think it was cockiness.
0: The husband gets home, and the husband's a prime suspect for a large percentage what seven the, months
2: what does the husband do
0: well like i said they weren't really happily married
2: but what does he do but the
0: husband
1: they're students right
0: no the husband the husband works full-time okay. i i gotta go through my notes and see what he does he was not home his the uh, his work uh validated he was present and everything it's not him this is a serial killer that did this okay and the family knew that the husband's name is darren darren and the police what darren if you read the newspaper articles which we're going to kind of go through you can tell that the family is just like why the fudge are you focusing on the husband is not him this is not something he would do. And we'll get into it in a, in a little bit, but anyway, I'm telling you right now, it's not the husband. This is a serial killer. Plus, is a uh, African American gentleman, and there was multiple reports of stalking from a this guy. Did he in the live area. in
2: the same building?
0: No. The husband gets home. He sees the shotgun. Immediately, he thinks that oh fuck, she killed herself because you know we've been having problems. He lifts up her shirt, tries to find because there's. I mean, obviously there is blood. I mean, her throat was slit, so the the veins were cut open, and I actually saw this for the first time. I kind of knew that this was the thing, but I didn't know the term. It's called arterial spurt. That's the medical from term. the artery, from the from the carotid. Yeah. So tell me what arterial spurt would mean.
2: Well, when you when you slice the artery, the artery brings the um you you have the veins and the artery, which are both blood sources in the body, and the veins bring the blood away. Well, just tell
0: me why it spurts because know, you have the blood pressure. coming from
2: the from the, the, heart. Yeah, so
0: the which will tell you what. When he cuts the throat.
2: That she was alive. She's
0: still alive because the heart is still pumping.
2: I have a so, question, though. She He found the shotgun before he saw her body, and so he thought that she killed herself? Or,
0: Well, yeah, because there's... The reason is the arterial spurt is so important is because there's... Fucking I know this is like cliche to say, but there's blood like splattered to fucking walls.
2: Right. But the heart is
0: pumping the blood and is going out of the throat on the fucking walls, on the ceiling, on the bed. So like you don't see that cut, even though it. Almost severed her head off. You don't see it at first because there's too much blood. I
2: understand that, but he saw. But uh, then he, he sees a sh-
0: he comes in. And he sees a shotgun laying on the floor
2: outside of the bedroom or in the bedroom because she was in the bedroom. right? In the he-
0: bedroom, yeah. So he goes into the bedroom and sees a shotgun on the floor. Okay,
2: and then and he's then on he the body. sees a
0: shit ton of blood. Okay, he doesn't see it. any stab wounds or anything else because there's so much fucking blood. He does. They're covered up by the blood. So like the first thing. If you see a shotgun there and a ton of fucking blood, you're like, fuck, did she shoot herself? So he goes over to the body and he's looking and making sure she's, you know, if she's dead or whatever. This is his wife he's talking about. Right. He lifts up her shirt. He can't find any bullet wounds or even any bullets at all because obviously she didn't fire any bullets. And it wasn't loaded. Then. Then this is what. He says and I'll I'll reference the book here in a little
1: bit. But, but.
2: wouldn't he see the like the fact that her neck was But that's what I'm saying like your
0: neck is down like this. right or whatever and there's so much blood
1: you walk you into You can't a, tell if it's a shotgun blast to her neck or cut. You okay. walk into it
0: you walk into a room you, I mean it's just too much information to okay. process. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been in that situation so I wouldn't know. And I'm not trying to say that to be like rude. I'm just Yeah, no, I get you.
0: Quote, her body was cold, stiff. He saw two wounds on her back that did not come from a gun. He picked up her head. That's when he saw it. Her neck was open, slashed from ear to ear. Arterial spurt, blood everywhere, neck cut, heart still pumping. That's how they know she's alive. Mm -hmm. Now, he fought with the police a lot because they just could not get off him as a suspect, even though he had a fucking ironclad alibi. And Not only that, her family, which in both of these cases we're going to talk about in this episode, is extremely heartbreaking. This one particular, the father. The father's what breaks your heart. The next one... The mother, the mother is what really breaks your heart because they cannot, they cannot comprehend. They cannot understand that this happened. Mm. The mother literally didn't. I wouldn't say get over this, but even 15 years after an interview, you could tell she's still not over it. I, I know a parent would never get over it, but I'm saying, you know. Right. This is what he says. The husband, quote, I pulled up her shirt to see if, like, she f- fell on something and it penetrated through the front. I didn't see anything on her abdomen. I lift up her brazier a little bit, you know, just a little. I still didn't see anything. And I was just, I didn't know what to do. So then I went back. I, I turned around and I knelt down at her head. And I noticed that's where all the blood was coming from. I noticed her face appeared to be swollen and bruised. And I turned her head a little bit. And at that moment, I saw that her throat was cut wide open. I didn't realize at the time it was actually cut. I was still trying to put the shotgun in there somehow because it didn't make sense. Nothing made sense, you know. I was, you know... if she would have shot herself in the throat, it wouldn't have looked like that, and BBs wouldn't have ricocheted out of her back. End quote. So the BBs is a shotgun. That was his exact quote. This death was brutal, but not as bad as the one we're about to get into. De Soto's trachea completely severed. A doctor, Alfredo. Sp- Suarez Suarez
2: Suarez
0: Suarez a Dr. Alfredo Suarez the forensic pathologist says her thyroid gland was severed which is pretty far back right Believe. this is what he said I don't know how you want to take this sternioseoid masculoid I don't know how to say that The muscles that are responsible for moving your head left, right, left, up, down. Those muscles that you can move your head with. He says they were gone.
2: Ooh. They were I don't know
0: how you want to take that, but the exact quote from him says they were gone. Oh, no. So that, I don't know. He also said that the knife went all the way to the seventh cervical vertebrae, which is the very bottom part of the neck, right above your back. This almost penetrated the that vertebrae at the back at the bottom part of the neck. Defensive cuts all over her body that shows that she fought for her life. This was a, a fucking horrible, horrid scene to I mean, coming into your wife, you know, I mean shit, I know you've been having fucking trouble you know, but what the fuck I mean, seriously what the fuck happened you know, and honestly, it's like, well shit, I kind of wish she would have committed suicide like what, she didn't, but who the fuck, who did this
1: it was a random crime at 11.50am broad daylight Broad
0: daylight. So now the killer, you heard the arterial sp- spurt. What did he bring a change of clothes? Because he got blood all over him? 11:50 a.m in an apartment complex. What the fuck. I mean, who gets to knock at the door at 11:50 and would ever think this would happen, you know?
1: No, I wouldn't. Mm -mm, I would have done the same thing.
0: You would not answer the fucking door. I don't want you answering the fucking door. No more. And you got to keep the damn door locked. You never locked the door. You never locked the the front door. You don't like it either. You came in here earlier. You didn't like it.
2: What? When I came in after?
0: You got to lock the damn door.
2: I usually, I, I lock the door when I leave. And I lock the door when I'm home at my house. I usually try when I see no one really comes to my house except AT&T that came last week.
0: All right. Here's the the father. This is from. um.
1: Her body was cold, stiff. He saw two wounds on her back that did not come from a gun. He picked up her head. That's when he saw it. Her neck was open, slashed from ear to ear.
0: Yeah, I that's good that you read that. I didn't know I was gonna put that in there, but there's a father right here. What's he doing?
2: He's re- he's looking through pictures and information about his daughter, probably.
0: So he put together a picture book after this happened about all the pictures and he's just reading the papers, he's just very I mean, this is it for him.
2: Mom's wiping tears from her eyes.
0: So a little bit about little bit about his daughter she actually had her father's eyes
1: mm.
0: her other two sisters she was the middle child they were actually kind of jealous of her because she was she was the the baby girl you know i mean he loves all of his daughters right but you know just that special bond between father and daughter you know what i'm saying just like, can do no wrong, does no wrong. Like the Tina in Bob's Burgers, you mm, know, you just, yeah. you just love her.
2: Must be nice. I was going to say I wouldn't know Jen, what
1: the fuck?
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forget. you all uh, have yeah, daddy well, issues. <laughs> we
2: may not be the closest. You'll have daddy
0: issues. It's fine. I got mommy issues, apparently.
2: I love my dad, but I think my sister is closer with him.
0: For seven months, the husband was blamed from the town talk. Is a newspaper From the family, quote, Sissy is what they called her. Sissy would have never fought her husband like she fought her killer, nor would she have allowed a fight to go that far. She was a peacemaker. Mm. The only reason detectives finally decided to test the DNA found under the skin of, quote, Sissy's fingernails was that the family made, quote, so much stink in quote, that the attorney general stepped in because they were just focused on the husband. Mm. I mean, hard, hard focus on the husband, multiple interrogations. They just n- freaking tunnel vision, man. And this, this is one of the last murders of a serial killer who was killed at least 17, probably a lot more. Oh, mm. They didn't even want to admit that they had a serial killer. And a lot of these victims are killed. Three of these victims are killed living in the same neighborhood. Really? The next same one. Same manner? Huh?
1: Like same way with
2: a knife? Yeah,
0: same manner. The next one we're going to talk about lived three doors down.
2: Mm, in the same apartment building?
0: In the same housing complex, yeah. Gotcha. They didn't want to admit it, you know that, and the funding. There's no funding there, not any funding.
2: Mm. Wouldn't you think that having a serial killer would would prompt the government to give more funding to the police department?
0: Well, I guess not in Louisiana. I mean, what uh, Katrina was a catastrophe. Well,
2: Katrina hadn't happened yet.
0: I know, but look how look how we handled Katrina. We didn't really handle it very well. I wouldn't say, do we? Nope. <laughs> we kind of just let them, you know, I mean, everything's still fucked up down there. <laughs> it's been like 20 years. Like nothing's rebuilt. It's like, you know, but they do get sucky. Now the, the father says, the father reminisces that his daughter was an extant outstanding athlete. She actually had the best three-pointer in her high school on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Even her own father couldn't beat her at basketball. In 1997, she attended LC for physical for physical therapy, like I said. All right, let's move on to the possibly the most gruesome murder that this man has committed. We don't know for sure because I'm pretty sure he's killed more than he was convicted for. He was eventually caught. But if you want to describe this lady,
1: um, another younger woman. I would say maybe she's in her twenties. Mm,
2: I'd say like thirty-three,
1: thirty-four. Um, blonde hair, white female, blue eyes. Did I say blonde already? Yeah.
2: Um, bit of an underbite. Yeah, I mean it was also the two thousands too. So she got a little bit of a bumpit going. A what? Bump it like like a uh, higher in the front.
0: Her hair? Yeah.
2: yeah. It was like a very snooky look back then. But Snooky wasn't around in 2002. Not quite. Wait,
0: when was snook? Yeah. About no, no, no.
1: Snooky, not Snooky. We're saying
2: Snooky. Snooky from the Jersey Strike. No, the hair. Jim Tam Laundry.
0: I never saw it's that. It's the hairstyle. Snooky, though.
2: Snooky. God damn. I'm, just, I'm 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 kidding, yo. What the fuck? I don't know if you're kidding, but I mean oh, you mentioned on. Sookie like five times. I'm
0: fucking Josen. I'm Josen. Oh my god. Hey,
2: you like what you like.
0: Jen, you're not fucking helping at all.
1: I'm trying I'd to. I'd feel better if Sookie looked remotely like me, but she does <laughs> not.
2: Uh. I mean all right. he loves you. But he may admire Sookie. That's up to him.
0: Jen, you're making shit a fucking lot worse. I'm
2: just trying to help. I no, like what you like. Yeah, I am. I'm not denying. I haven't had another drink since y'all cut me off. But thank you. I All appreciate right. it. You're welcome. Jen,
0: maybe maybe if you read this, this it keep you quiet? This is from their mom.
2: Dear Murray. I love you more than sunshine, more than music, more than stories. You are endlessly able, absolutely beautiful. You will sparkle in my life until its last day, Mom.
0: So that was before the murder.
2: That was nice.
0: Just a little nice. diary entry there from the mother.
2: Before, before her daughter was killed?
0: <laughs> yeah. Charlotte- she called
2: her daughter Murray. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, that's a good point. Everyone calls her Murray. So her name
2: That's like my dog. Everyone calls my dog Murray even though his name is Murphy. So Everyone being John who's no, like No, Tara does it too.
0: I just called him the flea-ridden trash bag. Charlotte Murray pace So Murray. I'm ba- about to choke
1: you out.
2: He is a good dog.
0: Fucking
1: Can we are I- we going to do this? Cause we we can just let the pizza sit out there all night long. So
0: Charlotte Murray, yeah. So Charlotte Murray Pace. Everyone calls her Murray. From what all the papers said, she lived Stanford. At, she lived on Stanford Avenue. She was murdered three houses down from another victim of the same serial killer, Gene Wilson. Gene. She lived on Charlotte. Avenue she had just moved in in fact she was still unpacking when this happened Mm. oh we haven't even gotten to a murder yet have we no sorry I'm fucking drunk she had just moved in still hasn't unpacking she moved in with her roommate Rebecca Yeager this day on May 31st 2002 and remember the first one was on January 14th so a few months later on this day, 31st May, 2002, both roommates, new roommates, new apartment, everything's but the couch is un is packed up, like literally boxes still everywhere. They were both shopping, but they were doing it separately, right? Because they had stuff that they had to buy separately. She actually got back earlier. She was shopping for her home She finished shopping, and she comes back. She grabs a sandwich. This is also around lunchtime, and she grabs a Diet Dr. Pepper. She sits down on the couch, and what happens? She hears what? A A knock knock on the door. A knock on the door. What I'm going to tell you here happened around 1230.
2: Oh, another lunchtime kill. A
0: lunchtime kill, yeah, Mm -hmm. 1230 p.m. The police arrive to... The police were on. The police were on the scene at two eleven p.m. That's a very quick time span for such a brutal murder. Less than an hour and a half, twelve thirty p.m. to two eleven p.m.
2: Well, who made the call? I was going to ask that for both murders. Was the the boyfriend the boyfriend
0: came home? The first murder we talked about, and then this one, Rebecca. The roommate comes home for this one. I'm going to describe the body first.
2: Mm, I don't know if I want to hear it, but I'll listen.
0: Well, it's your job, so. (laughs) She was found in the roommate's bedroom. Now, they had just picked rooms. Brand new apartment. I mean, she's 21 years old. She just bought, I mean, as you'll see, we'll go through her background. Extremely intelligent got her whole life ahead of her she's going to do huge things she just bought brand new BMW well for her it was a few years old but new black black BMW it just she just got it washed that's what she was doing during lunch just got it washed clean the tires wax smelling good got that sandwich the roommate comes in 2 o'clock p.m., so an hour and a half later, after she's sitting there eating her sandwich, her body is between the bed and the dresser of the roommate Rebecca's room. Her legs are spread. Her shirt is pulled up, exposing her breast. Her face is bruised. There's holes everywhere. Holes. Not slits. Like stabbing, but holes. Oh, no. There were two in the neck. Her neck was obviously slid open, per the M.O. Holes. Holes, holes, holes.
2: So what would you the use to autopsy- create a, a hole? Will you tell me? Like an apple peeler.
0: The autopsy report mentions holes 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 a drill? Holes, holes penetrating hmm. the shirt in the back why was why was there holes in the shirt in her back
1: because she was trying to run away
0: there you go she's trying to run through the hall after she answered the door and these
1: are not bullet holes
0: no they're not bullet holes
2: Jen had a good idea
1: with the drill
2: But, like, how big were the holes? Were they, like, drill size, or were they, like...
1: No,
0: like, small holes. There was so much blood, quote, the bedroom door was covered in red, end quote. The roommate actually says that there was blood, quote, in places you couldn't imagine how it got there, end quote. She actually... Left the car wash, grabbed a sandwich, and Diet Dr. Pepper sat on the couch around 1230 p.m. Heard a knock at the door. A well-dressed, good-looking black gentleman was at the door.
2: Mm, Similar to the other story you were telling us.
0: Yeah, it's the same guy.
2: Well, I figured, but I was just making a connection.
0: We think he used the same ruse as far as the phone. However, in this case, the, the house phone was never found however in this case the house phone was never found interesting and all uh, four or five of these cases that he was actually tried for the phone cord itself was gone which is weird it's not weird that you would use that to choke someone to strangle a victim but it's weird that he took it with him. and in some cases they actually when they would trace a, a cell phone they actually found in one case, at least, they found the phone cord, like, discarded well away from the body.
2: Well, you said the first case that you that you told us about, that it was a cordless phone. It was a cordless
0: phone, phone yeah. So but the other
2: ones had cords to them? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, it was early 2000s, which is not uncommon to still have a corded phone. So what created the holes in the body?
0: Well, if you want to read this... Then you can can tell me.
1: The enraged beast immediately began stabbing her, not with a knife he had on other victims, but the flathead screwdriver, (gasps) a standard tool that would not ordinarily be considered a weapon. Oh, no.
0: So, same, same ruse. Hey, can I use your phone? Nice looking guy. Well-dressed. Very professional. Can I use your phone? At this point, a neighbor did see... Him leaving the premises for Was this the
1: final murder?
0: Uh we'll get we'll get uh we'll get to that and all that stuff. So as you read the enraged beast. Now this is from the the book we're reading tonight, which I'll get into in a little bit, but let me go ahead and tell you what the book is called before I forget. The book is called I've Been Watching You.
2: Ooh, Ooh, like that song from the police.
0: There's a song by the police.
2: I've been watching you. Oh, yeah. It's that like the every breath you take, mm-hmm. every oh, move yeah, you yeah. make. I'll be watching you.
0: The book is called I've been watching you, The South Louisiana Serial Killer by Susan D Mustafa.
2: Mustafa. Like Mufasa. Yeah, like but Mufasa. Different. So what's it
0: like to be to be stabbed over and over with a screwdriver?
2: Painful, I would imagine.
0: I saw a few words in the autopsy. Holes. Gouges. From the living room to the hallway, her blood splattered and ran down the walls. She goes into her roommate's room because that's the first one that's available. She's trying, just as you would see in the movie, she's on her back, crawling away. This deranged maniac... Has a screwdriver. He's killing you with a screwdriver, a Phillips screwdriver, like the one you have. I mean, we have three of them in the garage. Mm-hmm. They're not that big.
2: This was a flathead. It, yeah, flathead is different than Phillips.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. It would be, it would be the last choice weapon I would get if someone breaks in. You know, I mean, it's a very but a
1: weapon nonetheless. Yeah, but sure. a weapon
0: nonetheless. She was stabbed 83 times. Pieces of her flesh were found because how it goes in and then it rips it back Ah. out. Her blood had stopped flowing. He slit her neck open, but it didn't matter because she was already dead. With
2: that knife that he carried? No, from the screwdriver.
0: screwdriver. But you know, when you slit the neck open, the arterial spurt, what am talking about?
2: Right, but I mean, I feel like a flathead screwdriver is not... I mean, apparently it is. 83 times, was... though,
0: you can probably hit some good, uh, good arteries and stuff with
2: it. Yeah, I guess you could.
0: And not only that, but we've done cases where people die of shock. I mean, think about the shock. Yeah. Someone's chasing with a fucking flathead. I mean, Jesus, fuck. 83 times, pieces of her flesh torn out and found in the home. Her blood stopped flowing after he slit her neck, but that's because she was already dead. He kept stabbing her until he fully ejaculated on her left buttock. And in both of these cases, it was anal and vaginal penetration in both. So rape. And then he didn't stop stabbing her until he finished ejaculating on her butt, okay. buttock. And that's when he calmed down. Now, this attacker had actually been stalking her for an entire year.
2: Whoa.
0: So you remember what the book was called? I've been watching you. Yeah. There you go. (sighs) Fucking bad, 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 bad.
1: In addition to this evidence, Fauntleroy, one of the crime scene technicians, found a clothing iron in the bedroom and four pieces of plastic, two black and two blue. The iron was in close proximity to Pace's body. The base of the iron, the heating element, was blood-stained, and the majority of the iron, including the handle of the cord, was missing.
0: Yeah, we're not done yet.
1: We're not?
0: No. Jen's like, fuck, I want some pizza. Well we're we're close to being done, Jen, for this episode, and then we'll stop it.
2: I didn't ask if we were I didn't I didn't say anything about pizza. I was just going for um what's dramatic effect. Dr.
0: Michael Kramer did the autopsy, blunt injuries to the head, fractured skull. is a first for us here. Blunt trauma to the to the eyeballs.
2: Oh. That sounds painful. I <clears throat>
0: Imagine the roommate seeing her.
2: I don't like Man, that. Who
0: is this? Who is this in my room? This doesn't look like my roommate, my best friend. Doesn't look anything like her. Didn't have eyeballs. Blunt trauma to the eyeballs. <laughs> the heart, liver, and lungs perforated three times each.
2: Ooh, no.
0: I'm going to read this. There was also a stab wound to the left area of the eyeball that penetrated into the cranial cavity. Let me see. I think I want you to read
2: that. No. Me or Nikwee's? No, I'll read it. Go ahead. You please do, because I <clears throat> am not in a reading mode.
0: Because words are big. <laughs> <laughs> you words hear what he says to me. <laughs> words are big and hard. <laughs> there was also a stab wound to the left area of the eyeball that penetrated into the cranial cavity after fracturing the left frontal bone. In addition, there was an impressive. another word. This is straight from the autopsy. Impressive. There was an impressive wound at the top of the neck with the transection of the cartilage and the esophagus accompanied with a severed left jugular vein.
2: I feel like impressive should only be used as a positive word, a positive adjective. I don't like it when it's used as something to describe a wound.
0: Okay, well, you can contact Dr. Michael Kramer.
2: I might, actually. Hopefully, he's
0: not the same Kramer that flipped out on that that life show. Different (laughs) guy. And ruined Seinfeld for everyone. (laughs) Chris Johnson, a Baton Rouge detective, described Murray's half-nude body as, quote beaten and riddled with stab and punctured wounds. Her eyes swollen nearly shut, her hair bloodied and her hands bruised, end quote. Charlotte's mother, Anne, who took this exceptionally hard, her name is Anne. said that her daughter's neck was, quote, so badly cut you could see her spinal cord, end mm. quote.
2: Mm-mm. She
0: says that about- no, thank you. She says that about her own daughter. Mm.
1: The thing that haunts me, her mother said, is at what point did she know she wouldn't survive it? Against the advice of investigators, Pace looked at approximately 40 photographs of Murray's body and the crime scene. I felt compelled to see, Pace explained. It was like I couldn't live without knowing exactly what he did to her. In one photo, the coroner was shown hiding something in the blue gloves that covered his hands. I finally realized," Pace said, "that it was Murray's heart. Mm.
0: That's when she finally came to the realization that her daughter's never going to. She's never going to see her daughter.
2: That's terrible.
0: Now this is oh, this is the mother right here. Mm. She still does interviews. She's she's a trooper, but she is she is torn. Now Murray's father was an attorney for the Mississippi legislature. Murray, extremely smart, we've covered cases like this before, where the uh, the female is excels above her entire class, and this is the same case. Millsaps College, and her mother said that quote the best four years anyone could have anywhere in quote Dean's list, member of the student senate. Kappa Delta, co-captain of her soccer team, quote, on the soccer field. She just had a knack for being in the right place at the right time. She understand the game. Plus, she was real determined, end quote. LSU for her master's degree. One of the, I mean, how old is she? 21? 21 years old. One of the youngest MBA recipients. Um, 21. Shit, I was not even, I didn't even have my shit together then. I can't even imagine. Scholarships, honors. This is about uh, the a little bit about the mother here. We're just going to kind of go over the pain a little bit more. She actually took her daughter's ashes and scattered them all around the world. That was kind of her.
1: Aww, that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, it was. If you want to uh, read this, there's a bunch of places.
1: I chose rivers, said her mother, and pace of Jackson because rivers are always moving and going somewhere. And we picked those places because Murray had either been there or wanted to go there. Mm.
0: So Wolfie on live chat says, "How does a mother even survive that?" Well, I mean, she does it by—I don't know. I mean, she she goes to all these places, and I'm probably going to pronounce all these wrong. The Thames in London.
2: Mm-hmm. No, at, that's correct. You pronounced it correct.
0: I know that one. The ashes oh. there. Seine in Paris. River. Seine River. Sen. The okay. Sin in Paris, the Nile in Egypt.
2: You got that one right.
0: The Danube in Vienna, the Amazon in South America, the Rhine in Germany, the Pearl in Jackson, and the Mississippi in Baton Rouge. Wow. So she is spread all over.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, I yeah.
0: wanted to put that in there. I think that was.
2: That's really cool, like um. to spread ashes in, in moving water parts so that you're not like stagnant. Yeah. You can go wherever the water takes you. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, Th- this man robs so much light from the world. Yeah. It's true. We've done cases like that where it's it's just like, dude,
1: very very sad.
0: I yes. mean, when you when you ki- when you kill someone, you're not just killing the person. That's the thing. The family's torn. I mean, you just you just rip rip holes where you don't even that realize. That has a ripple
2: effect, too.
0: Yeah, because, anyway.
2: But what happened to the murder? I hope he was given a, a sufficient
0: you trying sentence. to get out of this and you need pizza. This is a two-part episode. We're only doing part one today, so we can eat pizza after this. There's a two-part episode. We're covering part one. This is a serial killer. The next episode, we're going to get into the background of the killer, and we're going to finish it up. But right now, I'm going to end with this One last slide so Jen can go eat pizza.
2: I didn't say I wanted to eat pizza. I was asking a serious question.
0: I'm actually going to November 1992. Real quick, we actually don't know the couple's name. They weren't actually murdered. But I'm redirecting this to show you the time lapse. Because when was this? When was these murders? 2002. 2002. We're going to November 1992 in the Azalea Rest Cemetery. Late night, late night. Now, what would this guy be doing at a cemetery? Mm. In fact, as we'll talk about, as we'll talk about next week, this guy spent a lot of time in the cemetery. Mm. It was a great way to stalk his victims. He had he could see. So the,
1: he was stalking people who recently suffered a loss. No, no,
0: no, no. no. What what I'm cemeteries as like in. Close to apartments and stuff like that, Mm. like like backed up to apartments. Yeah, okay. Teenage teenage girl, teenage guy. They're in their car. They're about
2: lovers lane.
0: Go with a fudge at it, man. Lovers lane at a fucking cemetery, Azalea Rest Cemetery, November nineteen ninety two. I'm gonna read this kind of from the book. The young boy kissed the girl as he helped her peel down her pants. First one leg, then the other. Hungry for closer contact, he rid himself of the jeans and lay on top of her in the back seat. Oh man, he was really focused on the girl. Now, as I said, we don't have, and I, and I looked it up in the newspapers. Could not find the names of this couple, but the couple did six years later before this guy was arrested for all the murders, they did point him out in a lineup as the one doing this mm-hmm. for attempted murder. All of a sudden, a man walks up, a nice-looking black man. Of course, this is at night. They can't see anything. They didn't hear the footprints <laughs> out of nowhere. Now, this is the same guy. So t- tell me about M.O. after this episode. You will not... Think of it the same because this guy's M.O. is all over the place. The door opens. He just rips the door open. You have two naked teenagers about naked. They're about to, to get into it. The windows are all fogged up. He rips the door open. He's wielding a bush axe. Oh, a an axe, a big axe. The couple did not know what he was doing He immediately takes the axe after the the boy, the 16-year-old boy, is like, what are you doing? What is this? Punctures the boy's head Mm. right in the scalp. Doesn't kill him. Sticks right in his skull. He's still alive. The axe scrapes her leg. Blood's going out. Now, they're in the back seat. So think about this. The manic rage that this killer is having and you saw what he did to the other the other girls 10 years later after he refined his attacks so think about this when he first started killing you know this was like new and you know and fun and just exciting so that motivation with that axe these two teenagers in the back seat of their jalopy half-naked, if not butt-naked, trying to avoid an axe, one that has just been pulled out of the boyfriend's scalp, Mm. and now they're, like, scooting back in the back seat, you know, as the axe is going between their legs, just ferocious. Quote, they were unsuccessful, the axe ravaging the boy's arms, his hands as he tried to protect the girl – the ferocious man wielding the weapon determined determined to hack them to bits. Luckily, out of God's grace, everything happens for a reason, says Nicole. Headlights came up. An officer who knows teenagers have been fooling around in that cemetery. Doing his rounds. Officer Troy Eubanks drove by at the right time. Illuminates the car. The killer runs away. And he he actually ain't the killer yet. But he will be in the next episode. This is the book we're going to be uh, reading from. This is... I've been watching you. The South Louisiana Serial Killer by Susan D. Mustafa. This is the victims he was... Convicted for the first seven up there is ones we have DNA on the four below is ones we don't is believed that he's killed at least seventeen, but most likely a lot more. Wow. and no one's heard of this case. I know you haven't.
1: No so. but he's known for his stalking.:
0: yeah, he was, we're going to talk about his background, who this guy is, growing up, peeping Tom. He actually, you know, there's a char, a peeping Tom charge. It's warriorism. No, no, it's peeping Tom. Tom, It's the charge name. He has a lot of these charges for peeping, cemetery dwelling. Very creepy. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of his profile right there.
2: Is that his face?
0: Yeah, that's his face.
2: Oh, creepy. (sighs)
0: But that's what we're going to talk about on part two. But right now, I think we're done for the night. We've been doing this all day. Jen's ready to eat some pizza. And I'm ready to, you know, kind also of.
2: Also eat some pizza. Eat some pizza. The <laughs> is ready to eat some pizza. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And we're all
2: ready to eat some pizza. And
0: sober up. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Did you guys like that? Yeah, uh, Yeah. Kind of a Get
2: crazy an time.
0: And until next time, look forward to the next episode. And that's it. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.